Typical Artists and Lillian Holman present Greenhouse. Letter 2. Remember the Daisies. Dear Rose, first of all, I am so sorry for your loss. Your father was always very kind to me, and while I know it can't even come close to what you're feeling right now, despite what appears to be quite valid anger, I already miss him. I hope this doesn't sound unfair to the rest of La Jolla, but he was one of the few customers I actually looked forward to coming to shop at the store. I have to say your letter wasn't quite what I expected. Well, I guess the first part was. Your father left me a letter explaining everything and I kind of anticipated the formality. As for the PPS, I'm sorry, I think, if you are, that you didn't end up burning it. And while I've never had a night drinking bourbon with my brother, due to not drinking and not having a brother, I have had that desperate need to scream at somebody and nobody to scream at, so I'm honored that I can be your punching bag. Oh, gosh, that sounds terrible. I think you get what I mean, but just so we're clear, I did mean a metaphorical bag, and I promise your letter wasn't like getting punched. I just want to make sure you don't regret what you wrote, because you have no reason to. Honestly, I'm happy to be your pen pal. Also, to be perfectly clear, I have extra motivation to photograph the letters as well. As it so happens, the lawyers only transfer the stipend to my account when I confirm receipt. It is also important to me to let you know that I tried to talk the lawyers out of the stipend, but... Of course, your father anticipated that, and since he's way too good a person to ask someone to do something that requires sustained effort for free, he sucker-punched me. Oh god, there I go with the punching again. I swear, I'm not a violent person. Well, anyway, he appealed to my romantic side by including a clause explaining that the stipend is approximately the same amount of money he always spent on your mother, and then you, when he bought flowers at the shop. It was really an evil scheme because it made me want to cry, so I signed quickly without arguing anymore so nobody would see. I do have some bad news, however, or at least based on your letter, I think you'll think it is bad news. There was another clause in the agreement where he asked me to write to you as if I were talking to him, and one thing he never let me get away with was one-word answers. Believe me, I tried many times. Therefore, your suggested hack for our arrangement isn't going to work. The lawyers may be none the wiser, but I have a feeling Mr. Green sees everything. Oh, don't get me wrong, I'm agnostic at most, but I think your father supersedes any organized religion. That being said, you feel free to ignore my rambling and write as short a letter as you'd like. I won't be offended, and I genuinely don't want to add to your exhaustion. As for your other postscript, yes. That is my name, but feel free to call me Abby. My father is a historian and had big dreams of me being a future mother of our nation. You know, in a progressive, post-third-wave feminism sort of way. He always told me that he spent so much time studying the women of the American Revolution and then studying me that he thought he saw a parallel. I think he wanted to make up for a life spent in a lecture hall where you get jaded reading too many student feedback forms. I know he changed lives, but he refuses to see it that way. Anyway, he tries his best to hide his disappointment that I dropped out of school and now spend my days selling people flowers. He was not thrilled when I got the job, and I told him I would do my best to remember the daisies. <laughs> at least my mother laughed at that one. She's a fiction writer, though, and more empathetic to alternative life directions. Not that working at a flower shop is breaking the mold, but, you know... 
when parents dream of their child changing nations with a PhD path outlined as a backup plan, running a small business with no plans to expand feels like running away to join the circus. I thought about doing that, but I'm way too accident prone to be clinging to any trapeze. No pressure to tell me about yourself, but know that I am infinitely curious if you feel up to it. Your father would always tell me stories, but mostly of the adorable childhood variety. He said you write film and TV reviews now, but I couldn't find anything from the past five years with your name online. Granted, my tech skills are weak for my age, but I figured I at least had somewhat of a handle on Google. I also don't know how much of your work I would understand anyway, seeing as I don't have a TV. Most people roll their eyes at that, but I hope you'll forgive me. My parents were of the obnoxious variety that banned television in the house, but I have nothing against it. It just tends to give me a headache, and I like reading books too much to feel like I'm missing much. I got dragged to a few movies during my brief stint in college, but nothing swept me away. Two hours is just too short to get to know any characters, and the second you start shooting at people, I feel a little nauseous. I used to feel super left out, but then I went to a Spielberg series with someone. I thought it was a date. He didn't and saw Minority Report, of all things. That shouldn't be that special, and the shooting did predictably make me uncomfortable, but I had a revelation at the end. I don't know if you've seen it, but when all the creatures who could see the future, I forget what they're called, get saved and are allowed to live their lives in peace, the definition of living your life in peace was living in a cottage with nothing but nature and books. <laughs> that definition spoke to me, and I have tried to pursue it ever since. I know it's kind of silly to base one's life on a sci-fi action movie, but I needed direction in that moment, and that's where I found it. Also, I fully appreciate the irony that a movie gave me the justification not to watch any more movies. I don't have a cottage, and I can't afford all the books, but my apartment and some houseplants do nicely, as does the library. I'd get a cat to join me and complete the cliché, but my apartment doesn't allow them. Wow! I've really been going off about nothing, haven't I? I'm so sorry. I'm not used to talking to anybody that isn't trying to buy a dozen roses. My parents have been traveling lately, so I don't talk to them as much, and I used to get good practice with your dad, but then of course he got sick and I saw him less. I do hope you understand that I really won't be offended if you don't read all of this. I also hope you aren't offended by what I said about movies and TV. I really don't dislike them that much, and anybody who has studied the history of the novel knows it is silly to subscribe to some belief that some form of art is greater or lesser value than the other. Anyway, if you feel up to it, I'd love to hear what speaks to you when you watch, and maybe you could recommend something. I have a computer to check email and the news, but that's really it. I bet I could use it to stream something, though. Oh gosh, I hope that isn't something you get paid for and I just up and asked for it for free. Please feel free to tell me where to stick it if that's true. I'm going to try and wrap this up seeing as my hand is hurting, but I realize one thing your father always made me do was tell him what I was doing with the rest of my day after work. I think he dreamed of the day when the answer would not be make mac and cheese and read Persuasion again, but he tried to never judge me either. Since I'm not at work and it's a Sunday, I can be a little more original. I thought I'd bike over to the beach and go for a walk. I try to do that or a hike every Sunday. Did you know feeling dirt helps release endorphins? You think I'd be happier at work because of that, but I guess the endorphins are no match when facing all the different bad scenarios I can imagine happening with each new customer. Anyway, I like the sound of the beach and looking for shells, so that should be fun. Next week I'll tell you about the yoga class I teach. It's my one marketable skill other than plant identification and literary references. My class is small. 
I think some people are put off by an exercise class run by someone a little bigger than the yoga instructors in their head. But yoga isn't about losing weight anyway. Ugh. Okay, now my hand is really starting to bother me, so I'm going to sign off now. I'm sending over hugs or warm thoughts if you're not a hugs person. I'm excited for your letter. Warmly, Abby. P.S. Did your dad really have 365 bow ties for each day of the year? I remember a different one each time we visited, but that was only once a week. Greenhouse is a production of Atypical Artists. It was written, directed, and edited by Lillian Holman. The voice of Abigail Adams is Helen Highfield. The show art was designed by Emily Chen. Greenhouse is produced by Lauren Shippen, Brigham Snow, and Lillian Holman. <laughs>